Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hi, everybody. Thanks for listening to The Rachel Zimmerman Show right here on KMOX. I'm really excited about this show today because I get to do some fun stuff. First of all, I get to talk to my friend Trish Gazelle. She's our first interview coming up in the next segment. And we talk all about her life, uh, her career. She's had an amazing one. And I just love Trish. She just makes me feel good to hang out with her and talk with her. So I'm really excited to bring you guys this interview and give you guys some of that, uh, some of those Trish vibes. They're good vibes. Um, (laughs) And then we'll talk about a little bit of 2023 Roundup as far as who had a bad year in 2023. This is according to an article I read in The Guardian that I thought was pretty interesting. Um, but no, I'm I'm really excited for today's show. Uh, I'm excited because it's Christmas time. This is one of my favorite times of the year to just, you know, have this time to reflect and spend time with family and slow down. That's a big one is just to slow down for a little while. I'm really looking forward to this coming week, the week between Christmas and New Year's, I usually try to save enough vacation time to be able to take that entire week off of work. And there's just something about it that really gets you rested and rejuvenated and ready to start a new year. And to reflect on the past year and reflect on all of the blessings that you've had. And I do feel very blessed that I was uh, allowed to start this show in 2023 And I'm really looking forward to 2024 and all the things that we can possibly do together, ways we can make this show better, ways we can grow and change. And I'm I'm just excited and I'm happy you guys are along for the ride. So thank you so much for being here. Um, Let's play a little bit more Christmas music. And then when we come back, we will talk to my friend Trish Gazelle on KMOX. You're listening to The Rachel Zimmerman Show. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. (laughs) 
Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Rachel Zimmerman Show on KMOX. This week I'm talking with my friend Trish Gazelle. Trish has been a staple in St. Louis radio for a long time. She's had an amazing career. We worked together on the Dave Glover Show, and I'm so happy she agreed to be my final guest of 2023. If you don't already know and love Trish, you will by the end of this interview. She's friendly, she's fun, and she always makes good radio. I started the interview off by asking her to describe herself as a kid. Oh, geez. Um, I had three older sisters, so I was always fighting to, you know, belong because they never wanted me tagging along. My mom said she stopped going to the grocery store because of me because I would climb out of the cart when she wasn't looking. And then I would go up to the um, service desk or whatever and tell them I was lost, so which I was not, and then <laughs> had them page her. So, yeah, I was um, rambunctious. Do you think that I mean, do you think being the the fourth sister brought that out of you yeah absolutely because like i said like all my sister's friends loved me but they did not want me hanging around you know because i was the little sister so i was sure i was annoying i have to believe that and uh so yeah i was always like fighting to get in there so do you think that that made you want to like perform or do radio or broadcasting or something do you think that brought that out of your personality like hey i need to get these people's attention I mean, I guess so. If, you know, we're, you know, doing a little psychology here, probably just trying to get everyone's attention. I was probably had to be louder and more, you know, entertaining. So, yeah, I mean, I I would have to believe if we wanted to go do a deep dive into my uh, psyche that that probably had something to do with it. I don't know. I just never like even grade school, high school, talking in front of people, that was my thing. I could always do, I never knew what I could do with it, but I was never nervous. I liked it. It just, I don't know. It just came natural. Okay. So that kind of gets into another question I had for you, which is, do you ever, ever get nervous on the air? Because as someone who's been on the air with you a lot, it does not seem like you do. On the air, um, not often. KMOX was intimidating, I will say that, coming from the music side, because, you know, you always hear about KMOX, the voice of St. Louis, it's this monster, and it is, and so you're with all these smart people, and it's nerve-wracking, and it's intimidating. I don't really get nervous on the air that much except for that, but I do get nervous in certain situations if it's a smaller crowd then I'm more nervous than if it's a bigger crowd. Like I will, my heart was about to pound out of my chest one time at church when they asked me to do a reading. I don't know why Mm. there were fewer people in church. I don't know. It just, I was all nervous for some reason. It's funny you say that about KMOX because I'm the same way. I like even I came from a talk station over to a talk station, but there's something about like, oh, it's the mothership. It's KMOX that is extremely intimidating. It is. And I don't know what it is. Well, I mean, there are a bunch of smart people. That's probably why. And, uh, you know, (laughs) and we're we're squeaking in here somehow. Right. It's like I can do fart jokes. I mean, like, that's my and celebrity gossip. But, you know, it's like so intimidating because, you know, they're talking about stuff that matters and real life impact. And you somehow feel like you don't measure up or you shouldn't be speaking about those things somewhere in your brain. But, you know, when you get 
down to it. You're just normal people talking about everyday stuff that people talk about at home. You just have a microphone in front of you. Absolutely. So, okay, let's talk about your high school experience a little bit because I looked at Ursuline's website and you are Ursuline. one of Ursuline, sorry. <laughs> Ursuline's That's website. Okay. And you're one of their notable alumni. So tell, Oh, really? Yeah, it seems like you had a great time in high school. So tell me about it. Yeah, I did. It was an all-girls school, so we were wild then, too. But, you know, even in high school, I would just, I would say in high school and in my early 20s and 30s, I would just try everything. I was fearless, and which I'm not now, so I can look back on it now and go, gosh, you really had, you know, some you-know-what. Like, I, I just tried everything, and um, I was nice to everyone and, you know, just was outgoing, and I guess I shined a little. Yeah, you seem like you make friends really quickly and really naturally. Why do you think that is? I don't know. I just, I mean, there is that, you know, I want to belong. Everybody wants to belong. Everybody wants to be liked. I don't want to be disliked. Uh, it bothers me, me when people don't like me. I try to win them over. I don't know. I just, there's no reason not to be nice to everyone and talk to everyone. And it just comes natural. It's more than being nice, though, because you just have, like, whenever I first met you, when I moved over here uh, from Emmis, it was just like, oh, we're already friends. This is cool. Like you just have something about you that is able to connect with people really quickly. That's nice. I, I do think, though, it makes me uncomfortable when other people are uncomfortable. So I try to make them comfortable. So we're all on the same page. So I don't know if that's selfish or not. But it, yeah, it, it, I just like people to feel comfortable. And I, I guess I know somewhat what it feels like to not you know, to, to want to belong and you're wondering if people will accept you. So I just want to put other people at ease. Yeah. So you talked about when you were younger, you were absolutely fearless and now less. So I'm not trying to be like, well, what happened? But what I happened? don't know. I don't know. Age. I have no idea. And you think it'd be the reverse. Like the thing when you get older, you just don't care anymore. And there are some things like that where I just don't care anymore. And I'm mm -hmm. getting, to, I think I'm easing out of the scared of everything phase, but I don't know. I'm, I mean, I guess too, you re like I went skydiving a couple times. I probably wouldn't do that now. Like you realize the consequences if something goes wrong and then you just have the, the horror pictures in your brain. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't know. You just wisen up to like, oh, this could happen. I just didn't think of the consequences. And I'm not saying that's smart and that's an admirable quality when you're, I just tried it and great. If it worked out awesome. I just didn't think, oh, what's going to happen if it didn't work out? And I guess I think about that more now. But it did get you to where you are today. I mean, I would assume that that bubbly, outgoing personality is a big part of why you were so embraced so early on in radio. Yeah, I guess. Um, I, I, you know, I just went with the flow and I, I didn't really think about it too much. And now I guess I overthink things. And that's the problem. So let's go back to radio. How did you how did you get started? Like the very first step? So. Uh, I, I was at, I went to SLU for two years and then I went to Webster for two years and to graduate, you had to do an internship. I didn't have like growing up, it wasn't like, oh my God, I got to be on TV or I got to be on radio. It just kind of was like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'll do this because I'm good at public speaking. There was really no other thought behind it except for that. So when I was doing my internship, I did it at channel 30, which everyone knows is ABC now, but at the time it was Fox. So channel 30 was Fox and channel two was ABC. So that will come into play later. Just know that. So I had to do my internship. I did it at channel 30 and 
um, while I was still doing my internship, which I, I was in the newsroom and I was working the assignment desk. And if people don't know what an assignment desk is, it's like the hub of a newsroom where they listen to police scanners and they get all the calls about the news that day. And the assignment editor assigns reporters what story they're going to work on. So I would just have to sit there and listen to police scanners and call like every police station in the metropolitan area and ask if anything happened overnight. I mean, it was like looking back on it, like, what are they going to tell me? <laughs> so it was just busy work. But in the midst of that, Channel 30 was to become ABC and Fox I mean, Channel 2 was going to become Fox. They were switching. So they had to, on Channel 30, practice the cut-ins for Good Morning America. And they asked me if I wanted to just rehearse the traffic reports. And so I said, yes, of course. And so we were just rehearsing. And then I, I, I don't know. I didn't realize what a low job it was at the time. But they were like, do you just want to do it? And I'm like, for real? And I'm, they're like, yeah. And I'm like, yes. So that was my first job. I got hired while I was doing an internship to do the traffic reports on Channel 30 once they became ABC. So you would just hear my voice and the news anchor, you know, would toss to me like, Trish, let's get a look at traffic. And then I would tell you, oh, it's slow on eastbound 40 or whatever. Um, so that was my first job. That's so cool. And, you know, uh, Kevin Wheeler always talks about, like, you have to work really hard in this industry, but you also have to be lucky at certain points, too. And it seems yeah. like you were just in that spot where they were like, OK, we love this girl. We love her personality. She should just be the one to do it. Yeah, but I did like to Kevin's point, I worked long hours. Yeah. I did whatever they asked. I volunteered for things. I still tell people. I just told my niece this a month ago, do an internship. It is the best thing ever, not only to find out if that's the job you want to do, but you never know what job you're going to be offered. So I, I still was the best thing I ever did. That's so cool. And it still holds true. So anyway, so at that time in the Channel 30 building, what's well, also the point in the river, we were all owned by Sinclair Broadcasting. So when, I don't know, we would go on breaks or whatever, I would talk to Jeff Burton, who was at the point at that time with a morning first female morning show, Sarah and Mary Ellen. And we would just talk and joke and laugh. And he would make me laugh like nobody else had made me laugh. And they were leaving. Sarah and Mary Ellen were leaving. Jeff was staying. They were forming a morning show. And he said, do you want to try out? And that's how radio came into play. And I had, uh, I was you know, going off my parents' health insurance. So I needed health insurance <laughs> and I had student loans. So I'm like, sure, why not? It's a full-time job. I'll take it. So when you started with Jeff, it wasn't Tom and Jeff, right? It was someone else? No, it was Jeff and a girl named Chris with a K and um, then me. And she did, I can't remember. I'm sorry. It was so long ago. It was the late nineties. She was not on it for very long. So then it was Jeff, Trish and Tim Tim Christian, who was a childhood friend of Jeff's and still very funny. And I still talk to him to this day. And then he went on to a, he maybe stayed, I don't know, a year or less than a year. And then he went on to a marketing job. Tom West was working overnights, I think, or part-time. And then he, then it was Jeff, Trish and Tom. So there were a couple few people floating in there before it was Jeff, Trish and Tom. So whenever you think back on Jeff, Trish, and Tom, like, do you think of it as, wow, I was on one of the biggest shows, like, of all time in St. Louis, or is it just not even a thing to you? 
Oh, no, I think about it fondly. I mean, I don't think we hit our stride yet. You know, the point was still unknown. It wasn't it was like indie. That's the coolest time to be on, though. Yeah, right. And I don't think I realized how much fun I was having at the time because I was just so like, oh, I'm in my early 20s. I need a career. I was too worried, I guess, about how things were playing out to realize how much fun I was having at the time. But oh, my God, we had a blast. And that lasted about five years. So and then that's when um, that's when MS bought the point and moved in Howard Stern. So Howard Stern replaced us. And then the river went with a company called Bonneville, which is now Hubbard. So it's all very confusing. <laughs> what are some of the coolest things you got to do on the air with Tom and Jeff? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, we went to the Olympics in Sydney, which was awesome. At that time, they did so many things with radio that they just don't do now. Coca-Cola sent um, a morning show from, like, the big top 20 markets to cover the Olympics. Now, J- Jeff and Tom went to Japan. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like a year or I don't know, when it, four years before, whenever it was. And then Jeff and I went to Sydney. That was awesome. I mean, we just did fun stuff like that. Um in the early day, this was more when I was at the river, River, we were sent to, I was sent to the Grammys a couple times and the American Idol fina- uh, finale when it was newer. So it was exciting and they'd bring everybody by from the Fox TV shows and just they did more things like bigger things because, you know, radio was it and they wanted to be on radio. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, what is what are the huge differences you see now versus when you first start? I mean, is it just like night and day at this point? Pretty much, although I felt like at the time it was already changing, like people were having the same conversations that they're having now, if that makes any sense. Oh, radio's going away, you know, and that was 25 years ago. You know, they're having the same conversations, but I guess it's bigger now just because there's so many competing you know, things to watch and listen to, but the same conversation was happening and it's still here 25 years later, people still listen. So it, you know, when I got in to radio, I don't think we were using CDs yet. I think we were using these thing called carts, which you would slap in and that would play the music. We are also still using reel to reel to tape interviews, but then CDs shortly thereafter, just to give you the technical phase we were in at the time. So it wasn't like total old school where we were only using reel to reel when I got in, but it was starting to be CD and people could buy CDs and oh my gosh, are they going to listen to radio the same way? And again, of course, we're still here 25 years later. So when we come back, part two of my interview with Trish Gazelle. Let's jump into part two of my interview with Trish Gazelle. So this is a completely selfish question because I just loved that radio station so much. But can you just tell me what you remember about the river? Oh, the river. So much fun. That's when I was with Vic and... You know, that was the Lilith Fair face <laughs> where we were playing all the women and Matchbox 20 and Goo Goo Dolls. And we were we were hitting our stride on the river. We were really starting to do well when they decided five years later to replace us with Stephen D.C. They brought them back. But it was so much fun. We would play this thing in the morning called the SUV Challenge. We were more geared towards women on the river and, I guess, young moms. And so the SUV SUV challenge was two carpools on their way to school answering trivia questions. And it was so much fun. The 
the kids loved it. They were screaming the answers. Joe Buck called with his kids in the car. Like it was really a thing. And we also did this thing. We just did a lot of fun things back then. We also did this thing called um, the Dead Guys Challenge. And the song was to the Flintstones, dead guy, he's a dead guy, <laughs> just a dead guy in an envelope. So we would put the name of a dead guy in an envelope, and this is for real, people would call and guess every day. No clues, you just <laughs> guessed who was in the envelope. And if they didn't guess right, we'd empty our pocket change, that part was fake, and just up the jackpot every day so it was like to you know it started at a thousand dollars and moved from there so we had bigger prizes back then as well but that was fun too i'm trying to think of the other things we did the SUV challenge really stands out because it was just so much fun and everyone loved doing it yeah so. that one sounds fun i kind of want to rip that off but yeah it, it was a great <laughs> i think you should i'll even sing the theme song for you guys <laughs> it was so much fun it was just fun you know, people enjoyed listening. They enjoyed calling in. And now we mostly have text, which I wish people still called in because don't you even remember from your childhood calling the radio station? And it was always busy. And now I know what they were doing. They were busying out the lines <laughs> when I was younger, but you would want them to play your song and you'd wait by the radio and try to tape it on cassette before the DJ, you know, started talking. It's just fun. I wish people called as much as they do. I know they're busy and I know it's easier to text, but it's so much fun getting calls. And I know you guys like it too. Oh yeah, for sure. So you talk about, you know, radio is supposed to be fun. How do you approach a shift? Is there any type of mindset that you have to to go into? Like, are you trying to be like, all right, I'm going to make this a fun time for my listeners? Or are you just so natural at it that you can just slide into it at this point? No, I mean, I prepare every day and I try to think, okay, this is one thing that is different too. Let me go back to the point days. There was no TMZ. There was no internet. Mm -hmm. There was no Instagram or Facebook. You had no idea what celebrities were doing. So we that's where Trisha's Trash started. Just this segment where we did celebrity trash. But it was all people talked about. Again, that was a memorable segment. I was, my best uh, compliment was I was a toast in someone's wedding, they told me, because they toasted the bride saying, remember when we listened to Church's Trash every morning? I'm like, oh my God, that's the best compliment. But um, so now I'm trying to link the two together. Sorry, I'm all over the place. But now I know people can get the same things everywhere. So I try to think, okay, let's talk about St. Louis things or what's happening this weekend or, okay, here's a story, but what's the St. Louis spin? I mean, I'm taking notes all the time in my phone, just like you guys do just for, oh, hey, I should mention this. Maybe people don't know about this restaurant, you know, opening or this event happening this weekend. So that's what I try to do because I know the station I'm on now, KZK, most people are listening at work. So I think about, well, what am I thinking about at work? I'm thinking about what to have for dinner. I'm thinking about what to do later tonight or this weekend, especially around Christmas time. All right, what's happening? What can I do with the kids? I just try to think that way. So you brought up Trish's trash. Off the top of my head, I'm thinking Trishmish. I'm thinking uh, <laughs> all sorts of, like, what, what is your favorite, like, specialty that you've done on the air? What have you had the most fun doing? Well, Trish's trash, because also at that time so it was it people loved listening to it it was a memorable segment and we would have local bands record the theme song so one time it was too like they did better than ezra's oh, that's um, so cool. yeah a version of better than ezra to trisha's trash and uh marilyn manson they would do it to that tune and it was just fun and everyone knew the theme song 
and yeah, I, that was my, that's my best feature, obviously. But yeah, now everybody can get celebrity news everywhere. So if I do do Trisha's Trash anywhere, I try to do like, oh, what's on TV tonight that they might not know about or what's happening in St. Louis that they might not know about. You just got to change it a little. So it's still informative. And I mean, you can all still talk about the celebrity news stories, especially with you guys on DGS. Like someone might have a take that's more interesting than just the story itself. So, I mean, it's still viable. It's just not as important. So you did celebrity news. You also got to meet a ton of celebrities whenever you would do like the press junkets for movies. Tell me about that. Yeah. Okay. So that was at the end of the point early on in the river. I also, because channel 30 was in the same building, they would feature these interviews on the weekend in between their weekend movie. And the interviews were about a movie that was coming out and they would interview the stars in them. So somehow I fell into that. I think a guy named Jason Miller was doing it and I went to the GM. This is what I'm talking about, Fearless. I just went to him like, if he quits, I want that job. And then I walked out of the office and I'm like, all right. So he quit and I got the job just because I said that. Um, So you would go fly to either New York or LA. And this is before a big movie would come out. And you would see the movie and then the next day you would your day would be filled with interviews you would interview the director and the producer and everyone who starred in it and everyone got like five minutes i looking back on it it was like everyone's asking the same question they were probably like oh my god i don't want to do this but when you're 20 something years old and you're out doing that you think it's the most important thing in the world (laughs) and how fun is it so yeah i mean i've talked with and i still have some of the tapes they're on beta bet midler anthony hopkins ben affleck um denise richards pierce brosnan denzel washington danny devito i mean pretty much anyone who was in a movie in the late 90s early 2000s i sat down with an interview for him was with them was anybody like especially cool or especially mean uh, Bette Midler, when I walked in, I had a faux fur vest on because, duh. And well, she's yeah. like, is that real? And I'm like, uh, no. Like, she was offended because, right. Um, uh, Vin Diesel really liked my earrings. I thought he might have been kind of flirting with well, me. I'm not sure. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, I just wanted to think that. Um, ben, oh, it was when I interviewed Ben Affleck, it was when he was going out with Gwyneth Paltrow and I tried to ask a dumb question about that. And he just like looked at me and smiled and didn't answer. <laughs> I remember that. Oh, Tommy Lee Jones was so intimidating because right before I went into the interview, someone else, it was the same people, same I'll use the term reporters loosely, but it was the same people who went every time. So you got to know them. So I heard a horror story about how he kicked someone out of the room. So I was so scared and he was very intense. And I asked one question. It was, uh, I think it was that movie rules of engagement. I think that's what it's called with Tommy Lee Jones. I asked one question about fly fishing because it was a scene in the movie and he pretty much talked the entire interview about fly fishing and I was too scared to butt in and ask him. Thank you, Trish, for taking the time to share with us on The Rachel Zimmerman Show. Hey guys, you're listening to The Rachel Zimmerman Show on KMOX. I have a couple of fun things I want to get into here. Um, One is this article I saw on The Guardian 
and it was titled Marvel Crypto Tucker Carlson, Eight of 2023's Most Spectacular Downfalls. Uh, this was written by a gentleman named Owen Myers. He had other experts weigh in on all of these things, basically saying uh, this has been a bad year for these eight uh, individuals and organizations. And I kind of want to run down these because I do think it's interesting. The number one uh, or the first thing they listed as far as having a big downfall in the year 2023 was crypto. And look, I don't know enough about crypto to really speak intelligently on it. I just know that it was hot about a year ago or two years ago, and now you never hear about it. Um, the whole Bitcoin thing was a big deal for a long time, and now it just seems like you never, you know, it just doesn't come up the way it used to. It doesn't seem like it's as hot of a commodity as it used to. So that's interesting that that was the first thing that came up. The second thing they put on their list as far as things that had their downfall in 2023 was Marvel. And this one I do understand. Um, Marvel movies have just dominated the box office for so long. But this year, I can't really name you know, one Marvel movie that came out that everybody was super excited to see. So they had Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania come out in February. That was a big one. And then recently they had Marvels come out, the one with Brie Larson. And that was surrounded by a bunch of controversy because, you know, for whatever reason, people, some people don't like Brie Larson as Captain Marvel. Uh, other people felt that the plot, I, I saw a bunch of reviews that were like, look, I just didn't care what was going on with this movie because it was filled with a bunch of characters I've either never met before or I'm not interested in. And it's just, you know, it's just not, it's just not the way it used to be. So we saw Marvel take a bit of a hit at the box office this year. I am curious to see if they'll be able to turn it around in 2024. Uh, but yeah, that has been, that has been, I kind of never thought it was going to happen. I'm not a big Marvel person. Whenever the movies all first really started up around 10 or 15 years ago, yeah, I would go see everyone that came out. And then I got Marvel fatigue pretty quickly because it's like, unless you're just, you know, putting your heart and soul into this and standing in line every opening night to go see the next movie, there's just so much content that it's really difficult to keep up. So I think a lot of people like me just kind of fell off. And then when they have these new offerings come out, like Captain Marvel, it's like, well, I don't know anything about Captain Marvel. I don't know about this character. I certainly don't know about these supporting characters. So it's not like a huge surprise that that it didn't go well, but <laughs> they were just dominating for so long that... Um, yeah, it's just kind of weird to see. The next one, uh, formerly Twitter, now X. I had a bad 2023. I'd agree. Um, just based on my own experience on X, on Twitter, it's just not the same. Not that it was ever like this amazing place to go. You know, it was always, I always had my frustrations with Twitter, but I did genuinely like it. Now it just kind of seems like, you know, people are still there doing their thing and tweeting and saying funny things and tweeting out news stories and what have you. But there's so much spam that it just feels like the quality of the experience itself has gone down. Not the content. Users are still generating good content from what I can tell. But just being there, it's kind of like being at a bad house party or something like, ah, can you get us some better snacks than this? <laughs> like, I don't know. Twitter just just hasn't been bringing it. Um, I'm not super hopeful that they'll turn it around in 2024, not with Elon Musk at the helm. I just I think that guy can do a lot of things, but I don't think Twitter is one of them. So we will see what happens there. The next one is NFTs. 
Um, I put this in the same, maybe I shouldn't put this in the same bucket as crypto, if I can talk, um, because crypto does have some value. I've just never seen an NFT and gone like, I have got to have that. That is going to add to my life. And I think most people just didn't get it whenever they came out. And then when you did understand what was going on, it's like, oh, well, why would I buy that? So (laughs) NFTs have definitely fallen off this year. Uh, There could be a clever way to bring them back. But as of right now, I think most people are over it. Drake is the next guy on the list as far as having a bad 2024. Uh, If you listen to the Dave Glover show, maybe you know that I am a bit of a Drake fan. Um, He does a lot of silly, goofy, crazy things. And I don't agree with every choice that he makes. But I do, for the most part, enjoy his music. I don't necessarily agree that he um, had a downfall in 2023. I mean, his album didn't do very well and he hasn't put out anything like original, but I wouldn't look at that and be like, and now he's done. I think there's still plenty of room for Drake to come back. Maybe I'm biased, but I, I wouldn't categorize the year he had as a downfall. Moving on, (laughs) I had to laugh when I saw this next thing on the list. The next thing on the list from uh, this article in The Guardian as the biggest downfalls of 2023 is the metaverse. And I'm going to be honest with you guys. I looked at this and I went, oh, I forgot about the metaverse. (laughs) So that shows you what kind of year the metaverse has had. It was hyped up so much. Like, you guys are never going to want to step foot outside the metaverse. Everything's going to be digital. Everything is going to be cool. Well, They still haven't delivered on that. I will say Mark Zuckerberg, who, you know, runs Meta and Facebook and all that stuff and is in charge of the metaverse, he did a podcast recently that showed how cool the metaverse could be. And I was very intrigued by that, but they're not there yet. So they kind of have to, you know, show us what they've got and execute the plan before it can ever be a success, because right now it does feel like a flop. I'm sure they'll get back on track, but yeah, uh, it hasn't been a great year for the metaverse. Uh, Next person is Sam Levinson. Don't know much about him. He is the creator of Euphoria on HBO, if you've seen that show, which I have, and I don't really know how I feel about that show, but he created a new show for HBO called The Idol, which not that many people watched, and most of the people who did watch it gave it very poor reviews, so they're citing him as having a bad 2024 That's really all I'm going to say about it because, like I said, I don't know much about Sam Levinson, and I'm assuming most of the audience is – I mean, maybe I've got some real Levinson heads out there who are ready to get into it, but I feel like in general we can just kind of gloss over him. And the last person on the list from The Guardian as having an epic downfall in 2023 is Tucker Carlson. Um, You know, he's still going. He's still on Twitter. He's still making content. He's still getting – attention every once in a while Uh, but he's definitely not on top the way he was at the beginning of 2023 there is quite a you know you could call it a downfall when you go from being on Fox News primetime you're the biggest thing on the biggest network to now you're peddling your stuff on Twitter or X uh, which is you know not having such a great year itself so yeah looks like Tucker I think I think Tucker will be back in some capacity. I know he's starting his own um, streaming network. We'll see how that goes. I don't know if that will be the thing that brings it back, but at some point, I'm sure he will be, um, you know, at a similar status to where he was in the past. But 
Hasn't been such a great year for old Tucker Carlson. Sorry, that was kind of a little bit of a negative segment there, uh, but it is fun to reflect and see, you know, who had a great year, who had a not so great year. Um, Moving on here, though, I'm looking at this story. It says most of us are uh, most of us now think it's fine to use emojis at work. Two thirds of Americans now think it's acceptable to use emojis at work, at least sometimes. So someone pulled over 8,000 Americans and asked them if it's okay to use emojis at work now, like, let's say, in a work email to your boss. In general, most of us now think it's perfectly fine, at least sometimes. 65% said it's okay. That includes 10% who said it's always fine to use an emoji, 28% who said usually, and 27% who said sometimes. Only 14% of respondents say it's never okay to use emojis at work, and 20% are still undecided. Am I the only one? Well, obviously, I'm not the only one because two-thirds of people said it was fine to use, but I like emojis. I think they add to a conversation rather than detract from it. I know sometimes people will say, like, oh, we're just, we don't know how to use our words anymore. And I'm like, no, we can still use our words, but it's so nice whenever, especially let's say you're sending, like, a difficult message uh, or, you know, something that could be a little bit contentious and you want to let the person know, hey, I'm not being... Uh, aggressive. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to ruin your day. You hit them with the little uh, smiley emoji. That that just, you know, heals all wounds at that point. I think that's great. So I think it's okay to use it at work, but let me know if you think it's okay to use it at work, at least sometimes. You can always tweet at me at Rachel Z STL or send me an email about the show, rachel.zimmerman at odyssey.com. That's rachel.zimmerman at odyssey.com. I always want to hear from you guys. Uh, just see what's going on with you, see what you enjoy about the show, see what you think's working, see what you think's not working. I am interested to hear it, so get a hold of me. All right, that's it for this week's show, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you have an amazing weekend and a Merry Christmas if you celebrate. Bye. Odyssey celebrates Mother's Day, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.